I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks, guys. Very excited to be with you again tonight. We're stoked to have you. So we've had two games since the first show. We had the exhibition against CNU and last night's season opener against Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, you beat Christopher Newport 77-58. 12 players played, nine with more than 10 minutes. Good balance in the rotation. Eastern Shore, we won 84-65. 10 played, eight had more than 15 minutes. Great contributions from Makai Long, the player of the game. 25 points, 10 boards, perfect from the line with 10 shots and a very efficient 27 minutes. Ben Stanley, 20 points, six of eight from the line. Fantastic stuff from another big man. Tyreek Scott Grayson puts in a double-double with five assists. Chauncey was fantastic off the bench with seven points, four assists, and three boards. And the Monarchs are one and out. What are your big takeaways from these first two games, Coach? Well, against Christopher Newport, I, I, I thought in, in stretches we played some really, really good basketball. Offensively, we, we, we spread the floor, we moved it, we're able to you know get, get deep in the paint and, and attack the rim. We, we weren't consistent. You know, we, we, you know, as I said, we, we kind of played in spurts. And then I, I think against Maryland Eastern Shore, I, I thought we probably overall played a better basketball game. Now, you know, we weren't able to crack it open and, you know, until down, down the stretch, but they, they hit some really tough shots. And for a team that, that last year could not shoot the three, that that's really what kept them in. Uh, in in the game and and was a little bit surprising to us, you know, the effectiveness of of the three ball. But I I thought, you know, our our defense certainly was solid and offensively we shared the ball, had 18 assists for, I I forget what it was, maybe 29 buckets, something like, and and we, we got to the free throw line. We really talked about this, this week, the importance of, of knocking down our free throws because we're going to get to the free throw line a lot. We're, we're a very good offensive rebounding team. We're going to try to put it inside to particularly Ben, but, but you know, our, our big guys in general. And we've got guys that can really, as, as I said earlier, attack the paint, attack the rim off the dribble. So I think we're going to get to the free throw line quite a bit. And if you get there, you, you, you got to convert a, a, a decent percentage of your free throws. So that was really good to see as well. Makai ate or drank before the game is really <laughs> important for free throw shooting. So let's make sure that we have that over at Chartway for him every time. So when a team shoots 43.5% from three, is is that more – sometimes there's just going to be nights where teams just make shots. Or how – like as you're coaching and, and that's happening – how do you tell if we have adjustments that we really need to make or there's really no adjustment to make a guy just hit a tremendously difficult shot with a hand in his face? Well, you know, if that happens once, maybe twice, that's one thing, but then you, you got to make the adjustment, you know, individually. It does, doesn't, you know, take us having to call a timeout or go in at halftime and, and, you know, change things up. If, if the guy's feeling it, you, you got him, you got to make him feel, uh, defended, you know, I'm, we're not talking about going out there recklessly and, and giving up a, a driving lane necessarily, but you know, you may have to take another step out forward. I think that's going to be process, particularly for Ben Stanley. He's not used to guarding out on the floor. To be honest with you, he'll he'll tell you he's not used to guarding anywhere. Uh, he's he's never really been been held responsible to do that at his other stops. But you know, his his guy knocked down a couple early in the game, and we're like, okay. 
figure it out. You don't need us to tell you he's made two. make sure you get out there and, and, you know, get a hand on, on, on uh, up on him. And, and that's just, you know, that's just being a good basketball player and being aware of, of, you know, what's going on in the game. All right, coach. So we saw Trey Brown is in sweats again. Could you give us an update on Trey's status? Yeah, right now. So, so Trey, we, 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 we did a waiver with the NCAA and it was, it was denied. And so now we're gathering information, including emails from, from Drexel, communications from, from Drexel to him back in the, in, in the spring be, before he, he left there and, and trying to, to appeal and, and, and get him back, obviously, eligible to play. It, it, it really is a shame. And the, the, the details, it, it's kind of complicated. But when Trey, when Trey came to us, there, there were no issues. He was enrolled in summer school. Everything was was you know, was, was good. And, and we had, you know, no inkling that this was coming. And then all of a sudden in August, uh, you know, Drexel basically declares him ineligible. And essentially if he wasn't eligible to go back there, he wouldn't be eligible for us. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, I, I feel really bad for Trey. I, I feel, you know, that he's having to go through this. I, I, I hate it for our team because I think he gives us a, a little bit more depth in the backcourt, but uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. And, Hopefully this week, our compliance office will get the, you know, get the appeal out to the NCAA. And, and, and again, I, I know it's hoping for a lot, but, you know, I, I hope the, the NCAA operates with some common sense and, and, you know, doesn't penalize Trey for basically a technicality. We'll definitely be keeping our fingers crossed. So we got two games coming up in the next week. So with, uh, First Drexel and then Virginia Wesleyan. Can you talk to Monarch Nation about the process of advanced scouting? So with how you guys are looking at these games ahead <laughs> from start to finish? Uh, yeah. So, you know, each each game, someone is assigned to, to do the advanced scout. Normally we'll have that film completed, the scouting report completed probably three, certainly Four, three or four days in advance, the, the guys doing the scouting will have watched anywhere from, I'd, I'd say, five to five to eight or nine films of, of game. And, and obviously, since this is the start of the season, you know, you're, you're going back last year and, and, and you know, you, you end up watching, you know, in fact, in, in getting ready for, for the Drexel game, you know, we were watching film today. The staff was watching film and, and Trey Brown was was in the scout playing for Drexel. So, you know, that was a little bit unusual. So we, we, we try to have the film ready and we'll watch it for two or three days with, with the players and try to break it up into palatable segments so that, you know, it's, it's just too much for, for the players to, you know, sit down and, and, and see 45 minutes of film. It just doesn't work that way. But, uh, you know, we try to keep it to about 15 minutes per day. And then the, the night before we'll watch basically a trimmed down version of, of the entire, you know, the, the entire video. And maybe even if it's an evening game, you know, we might even, you know, take a, a look at it on, on the day of the game. We, we do put a lot of uh, uh, emphasis on, on being prepared and anticipating. And that's primarily the assistant coaches. You know, we, I'll watch it with them We'll talk about certain certain keys, certain things that we want to do in terms of, you know, a game plan. And, and then in practice, you know, I'm I'm solely focused on our team and particularly how to, you know, defend certain situations and, and making sure that our guys are prepared for everything that the opposition might throw at them. And then whoever is doing the, the scout, 
uh, takes the white team, that's the scout team, and tries to simulate as, as best they can, you know, what it is, the actions that they're going to use, you know, that, that kind of thing. Again, this time of the year, it's, it's even more challenging because there's not as much, you know, there's not as much film based, based on this year's team, but we, we, we try to piece it together as best we can. All right. So given we've had these two, or the exhibition and the game against Eastern Shore, are there any strong points that you're focusing on and trying to build on? Or are there any weaknesses that you're trying to fix? All of the above. You know, I, I think uh, uh, when when we're really locked in, you know, we, we've, we've got, you know, guys out there that really move their feet well and we're really active and flying around defensively, kind of creating, you know, a, a, some – some 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 chaos for you know for for our opposition you know as far as the uh, you know things to to work on I, I think it's more mental not having letdowns not having breakdowns and 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 again not not to pick on Ben but you know we we play differently than a lot of people we we emphasize every position and, and some guys you know with we we talk a lot about you know how many new guys we have. They they might not be coming from the, the the same kind of mentality defensively that that we have, and we we have very specific rules. We 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 talk about our defensive principles constantly, and saying this is what we do, and and if everybody is doing their job, you know that it works. It's like a puzzle, and it works together. If one person doesn't do their job, it can look really really bad. I I, I would think, and and I don't know that much about football, but I would think. You know, it's, it's a correlation there of guys being in certain gaps. And if somebody's just over aggressive or they're lazy, you know, and, and, and you've got that one gap right there, uh, you know, that that one person not doing their job, you know, the results could, can, can be pretty bad. And it's the same thing in basketball. Everybody's got to do their part in order for us to, you know, be the kind of defensive team that we, we want to be, uh, the kind of defensive team we can be, the kind of defensive team that we expect to be. Coach, from someone who's never coached but did play the game a little bit, the one thing I noticed last night was there was only maybe two possessions where the ball got stuck. Throughout the night on offense, the ball was flying around, being passed well, distributed. Guys were moving, and it was it's it's the type of basketball people want to watch, and it was fantastic last night how much the ball was moving around. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's something that I, I guess we always work on, but in this particular season with the, the, the variety of, 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 of players that we have, you know, that's, that's something that is, is to our advantage. We've got not just the point guard that handles the ball, you know, obviously Chauncey can handle the ball. Tyreek can handle the ball. You know, Makai solid is a three, but Makai is a four man really moves with the ball. Well, and, and we don't want the ball to stick. And, and, and the thing is, is you want a balance between ball movement, people movement, and spacing. If you can have all three components, you know, that, that really puts the defense in a, in a difficult situation. And, and that's when you've got, you know, lanes to, to drive to the basket. And when that happens, if, if you've got somebody driving to the basket, the defense really has to make decisions. You know, are they going to stop the ball? Or are they going to stay out and guard the three? And 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 that's when the offense is, you know, in in, in a, a a positive situation and where they've really got kind of control and they're making the defense chase. It certainly looks like there's a lot of versatility there. I know last night, early on, Ben Stanley seemed to be a, a big focus. Ben. Mike and I were talking about we were we were pleasantly surprised with how quick he seemed to be 
you know, with his first step in you know, kind of uh, initiating his offense and getting to good places there. And then it looks like that you guys started working on some other things later and Makai got more involved there. Is is that something with is that something with Ben that has been there since he's came, or is that something that you guys continue to work on of him being able to beat his man off that first step? Well, you know, Ben is a score. I mean, that's that's what Ben does. That's his mentality. That's what he's comfortable doing. You know, he came into the game, I think, with an aggressive mindset. And, and uh, you know, we wanted to establish him very early on. And, you know, he, he got some, some, some really nice buckets, you know, very early in, in the game. Then Eastern Short, you know, as, as, as teams are wont to do, you know, they, 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 they make adjustments. And the, the big thing for Ben is understanding that he's going to be a focus for us uh, to get him the ball in, in the low, low post particularly on, on that right block so he can come back to his left hand coming to the middle. But he's also going to be the, the focus of, of the defense. And when he can force uh, a, a double team, as, as he, he started demanding a double team later in, in the game, you know, he, he basically has made his teammates better and, 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 and you know, has created you know, positive matchups, numbers, advantages for, for us. And, and so – you know, understanding when 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 to attack and when to accept the double team and, and get the ball out, share the ball with his teammates so that somebody else can can make the play. And and everything, whether it's a point guard or a perimeter player driving the ball, forcing help and making somebody else better. The same thing is true for a big guy. If if you get it down there deep and you you force the the defense to react and double team and help, you know, you're you're doing something positive and helping your teammates. So we mentioned the advanced scout earlier. What can we expect from Drexel offensively and defensively in this game? Uh, defensively, they're 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 pretty basic. I mean, they 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 play majority of man to man, nothing too exotic, just really solid. They play really play really hard. Offensively, they run a, a lot of stuff, or at least they did a year ago. You know, some some two cutter stuff. You know, some some Princeton offense. Staggered dribble handoffs, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of kind of different stuff, taking advantage of of spreading the floor. The thing that that, you know, we'll really, really have to be aware of in terms of individuals, their, their big kid, Williams, is about six, six, ten, but he looks bigger than six, ten. But he's he's every bit of 260, 270, big body, very, 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 very left handed. And they'll just isolate him in there and he'll. He'll post up on on the not really the wing, but you know maybe maybe 12, 12, 13, 14 feet away from the basket, and just kind of back back guys down. And you know he's he's not going to spin back and go over his left shoulder. He's all over his his right shoulder shooting his his jump hook. But he's so big, and he's a willing passer. So if if you help too much or you help off the wrong guy, you know he's he he can throw it out there and they can knock down the three. So we've got to be really disciplined. We'll have to figure out how to change up a little bit and and you know come with a double team occasionally and and again I, I I guess I'm trying to show my knowledge of football even though it's not very much but it's 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 kind of like pressuring the passer you know you, you're you're going to play solid play solid play solid but every once in a while you got to bring some sort of pressure you know a blitz or or something like that to change things up so that they're they're not in in rhythm and and that's what we'll do with with Williams but they're extremely disciplined they've, they've got some good shooters and they run a lot of uh, of different kind of actions 
that 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 force you to just really, really rely on your defensive principles. So there's no way that our guys are going to be able to remember all of their different sets. There's just too many. Well, speaking of uh, surprising or blitzing, we saw a zone trap early in the game last night. Uh, I was happy to see it. Second possession, Eastern Shore realized what they needed to do was shoot over it, and uh, they did so successfully. But I liked that switch up. I know it can catch teams off guard sometimes, and looking forward to seeing more of that. Yeah, well, that that was our uh, basically our, our thirteen to three, and and we've we've done that now for about four or five years. You know, it's it's a, a half court, and we're not trapping up top, but what we're doing is playing in the passing lanes. We've we've got some really good length uh, on the perimeter. We're not a particularly tall team, obviously in inside, but uh, when when you look at you know our, our wings, I mean, we could, you know, if we've got the lineup uh, in there with with Chauncey, Reek, Mackay, Ben, and and uh, one of the big guys, you know, that's you know six four, six five, six six, six six, six eight, and and so kind of it's 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 good size all around. And when we try to, you know, play in those passing lanes, what, what, and, and the one where they made the jumper the, 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 the second time Tyreek didn't, didn't get up. I mean, I can remember it. We, we were watching it today. We'll, we'll show the team tomorrow, but you know, you want to play the passing lane, but you got to get out there on that three point shooter. You don't want to, you know, give, give them that open look. You want to make them feel you is, is the terminology that we use. All right, coach. So the games at Drexel, most of Monarch Nation's not going to be able to make it there. And unfortunately, it's on Flow Sports in that ESPN Plus. So we'll be listening on the radio. Can you tell Monarch Nation a little bit about what it's like to play at Drexel, you know, what their arena is like to help them kind of visualize it as they're listening? I really can't. I've never been there. Never stepped foot on, on, on their campus. You know, it's a smaller arena. I do know that. It's, it's, it's actually an arena that is upstairs. You, you, you have to go upstairs or up an elevator to get to, to the gym, I believe. You know, so I, you know, I can't really tell everybody, but I do know that it is a, a big game for us. You know, we're, we're, we're not favored and, and going on the road and, and playing, you know, a, a team, you know, from, from, from the CAA that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just going to be a great challenge and, and we've got to be ready and excited and, you know, these are the kind of games that you've got to find a way to win. And the best way to win is to, to play exceptionally well. The best way to play exceptionally well is to prepare exceptionally well. So that's that's going to be really important these next two days that we have good practices, a good preparation. And so we can go out and play with a lot of aggressiveness and not be, one, you know, thinking, you know, what am I supposed to do? That's why practice is so important is it'll it'll free the mind to, to go out and just play as hard as you can. So I just I just looked it up. The they call it the deck, and it seats right around twenty five hundred. Those smaller gyms, if they have a decent crowd, they can get pretty loud, can't they? Uh, absolutely. I we we found that out at when we were at American University. Played in a lot of small arenas, but if if, if you know if it's twenty five hundred, if you just get fifteen fifteen hundred in there, and a, a decent portion of them are students, you know, in those small buildings, the the sound just kind of reverberates off, off the, the ceiling. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure it, that's their season opener. They, they won't have played before Friday night. So I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be a, you know, a nice crowd. They're going to be hyped up and, and that's great. It'll be a great basketball environment. And, and like I said, a big challenge for our basketball team to take another step. You know, we, we took one last night, but there's a long way to go and you got to put one step in front of the other and keep getting better and keep finding ways to win. Hopefully. Well, that's an interesting point that it's their opening game. So you guys had your opening game last night. Now, everybody's at exhibitions, but 
for teams that have so many new faces on them, do you feel that having a game under your belt helps you and is a, a bonus here for the team with Drexel not having that yet? Or is that really not a big deal? It, it certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, I, I can make a case for it, for it helping. You know, you, I don't know how that necessarily plays out, but it definitely doesn't hurt that we've, you know, we've had, you know, one, one more, one additional, you know, public performance than, than, than they have. And, and, and our guys, you know, it, it is on the road. So it, it'll be a different experience for us than, than last night or the exhibition game. But I, I, I don't think that will damper our guys' enthusiasm one, one bit. So moving forward to Virginia Wesleyan. Virginia Wesleyan's at local D3. We've played them the last few years. What does a successful night against Virginia Wesleyan look like to you? It, well, a, a successful night because it, it is a regular season game. You know, you want to win all of, all of the games that you possibly can. So obviously winning is, 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 is one, you know, one, one priority. I, I think, again, taking a, another step. Win or lose at Drexel, you know, we've, we've got to come out and, and, and have learned from, from that experience. And, and be excited and prepared to, you know, come out and, and trying to be a better basketball team going into it and, and certainly be a ba- better basketball team coming out of it. There's so much basketball to be played. You know, it can't just all be did we win or did we lose? You know, it's it, you, you always want to win, but you're always looking to improve. You're always looking to take, you know, another step forward and, you know, keep adding wrinkles to to what it is that, that you do. You know, and, and I, I just... You know, I, I want to point out that, you know, playing Christopher Newport and, and, and playing Virginia Wesleyan, you know, that that's something we've we've started doing the last few years, playing at least one of them. And, and we've just got so much respect for uh, what what John Krikorian at Christopher Newport and Dave Macedo at, at, at Virginia Wesleyan do. Those are two of the finest Division three programs in, in the country. And I, I think, you know, should be a source of pride for the, 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 the Norfolk community, the, the, the Tidewater community. And, and, you know, we found out Christopher Newport's, a, they're a very good Division three basketball team. And, and you know, I, I think Virginia Wesleyan has, has a chance to, to be that as well. So, you know, we, we've, we've got friendships and, and relationships with them. And so it's always, you know, it's, it's always good to have a chance to, to compete. But, uh, you know, that, that will, will be a, a fairly quick turnaround you know, after, after playing up at Drexel. And I'll just note that looking at the Sunbelt schedule from last night, Old Dominion was one of the only teams that didn't play a D3 or NAIA last night. Well, I'll, I'll say this, you know, when, when we played, in, you know, Christopher Newport in the, in the, uh, the exhibition and we've, we've got Virginia Wesleyan coming up, those guys are a lot better and a lot better coached than some of these, these, I, I'm not sure what it accomplishes if you're playing somebody and you're beating them, you know, 120 to, to 50 something, you know, because let's face it, you, you don't have those scores because the home team played great. And you know, maybe they played well, but the, those other teams are just totally mismatched. And, and that's, you know, that's not the case. I and mean, we're happy to, to have beaten Christopher Newport. We're, you know, hopefully we can find a way to, to, to beat Virginia Wesleyan. You know, like I said, those, those are well-coached, competitive teams and you know certainly you know good real good tests for for our basketball club coach well i think that pretty much wraps up what we had prepared for you if there's any message you want to give out to monarch nation here's your best 
Well, you know, I, I think when, when you look at that that exhibition and then last night's contest against Eastern Shore, we, we've we've had two, you know, excellent crowds and, and, and hopefully we can keep winning. Hopefully we can keep improving and, and, and going out there and, you know, playing really hard for one another and play real hard for the fans. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to think if, if we keep doing our part, that the, the fans are going to keep wanting to come back. And, you know, that's that's when you know, if we can get things rolling and if get the fans kind of rallying behind us, that that always makes it fun. So we've we've had two really good crowds, and hopefully, when we get back home against Virginia Wesley and Monday, you know, we we can we can have a really good one. And in between, hopefully, we can play well and find a way to get another victory up at Drexel. I know last well, I, night Mike and I were talking about the student turnout yeah. over the last two games and the pet band. I mean, especially the first one, the pet band was huge. I don't think we've seen that many tubas in one place uh-huh. in a long time, but uh, hopefully they continue to come out and make noise. I mean, that they're louder. That they're, that end is going to be the loudest end in the, the stadium. So, well, you know, the, our, we, we've got great season ticket holders and, and you know, longtime fans that, that fill up the sides and, and, and they're fantastic. It, it, it's always extra special when we can get a great student crowd in there. And the pep band, you know, they're they're there, uh, rain, sleet, snow, or you know, whatever. They're they're there. And we actually, I, I think it was last week, sometime after practice, uh, Mackay, Emo, PJ, and myself went over to to thank the pep band for everything that you know that they do. And the the guys passed around a little bit of. Uh, Halloween candy. I, it, it, it may have been Halloween. I, I, I can't remember, but you know, it was, you know, just, just an effort on our part to recognize them because they, they always show up, you know, and they're, they're always into it and, you know, make, as you said, kind of make a, a lot of noise and kind of set the tone. And coach, before we let you go, I will say that the internet's response to last night's game and the game against CNU is pretty much all positive. Everyone likes the style of play we're playing. We're, how many guys, the rotations. It's exciting to see the changes that are taking place this year and the talent that's on the floor. So we can't wait to see what happens this weekend and to be back in Chartway Arena next week cheering you guys on. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can, as, as I keep saying, you know, we can keep keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's what it's about this time of year. Keep getting better. All right. Thanks again, Coach, and go Monarchs. Thank you, guys. Go Monarchs. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. Monarch Nation, today we're joined by number one in your program and number one in your hearts, Jason Wade. Welcome to the show, Jason. How you guys doing? Glad to be here. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us, Jason. I think I can speak on behalf of all ODU fans and say we're so happy to see you back on the court at ODU. Harry Minium wrote a fabulous article that was released yesterday where you really pulled back the curtain, being very open with sharing about your battle with depression. What is your message to everyone out there who may share some of the same feelings that you talked about? My message out there is just to never quit, never give up, never surrender. Life is going to throw curveballs at you, fastballs at you, all types of balls, and you just got to be ready for it. And I know it's not always going to be perfect how you want it, but you got to face adversity and listen to the people in your corner and the people who's been there for you for since day one, just kind of lean on them. 
and just push through. You know, I, I have a whole outlook on depression now, going through it myself. And I just want everybody to know, like, you're not alone. There's people out there going through the same stuff you're going through. Don't be afraid to get help and speak out on it. Well, Jason, thank you so much for speaking out because I think the more that people do it, the more we can normalize it and realize, hey, when you are feeling this, it's not abnormal, but go get help. Talk, talk to the people you love and so that you can get that help before it's too late. Absolutely. And by doing that, you probably don't even realize how many people you've actually helped already because so many people think they are alone. And when they see people that they recognize and that they look up to, and whether you guys know it or not, there's a, there's a lot of kids out there that they see you on the court and they really do look up to you. There's a lot of number one jerseys in the stands of jerseys who are really going through a lot of stuff. So that message means a heck of a lot. Right. And that's all I'm trying to do is just, touch people in ways that they haven't really been touched by the heart before. So I want to, I want to reach out and try to help as many people as possible. Aries, what's going on, man? You want to introduce Aries? Yeah, this is my <laughs> guy right here, Aries Wade, two years old. This is this my man. He's a beautiful dog. Thank you. All right. So you've always been a fan favorite because of the way you play. You hustle on both sides of the court to help ODU win in any way possible. you grabbing steals, boards, racking up assists and buckets. You are a verified stat sheet stuffer. And your story to overcome the challenges laid at your feet have only inspired more monarchs. So given the time that you had away from the court, what's your favorite part about being back on campus? Oh, man, that's a, that's a hard question. You know, I'm a big food guy, so having the the – the meal swipes and the, the flex points and being able to get your your meals basically on the, the school's dime, it's, that's cool. But just being able to interact with the friends that I haven't seen since COVID really, you know, the school shut down and all the students went home. And for a while, it was just the sports teams here. So seeing everybody come back and having your friends around you, having your friends in the stands, your fans in the stands, that's probably the best part. As we mentioned earlier, Harry wrote that article. It covered your battle with depression, but it also covered your injuries. First, the ACL, and then the tough Achilles injury that basically kept you out for two seasons. Having had to sit out for the last two years with injuries, has it changed how you play the game? It's definitely changed how I play the game. You know, being sidelined from the game, you pick up on things mentally that you didn't see like while you were playing. And uh, from a physical aspect, you know, injuries, they suck, but they're part of the game. And you just got to, they're a humbling experience. And it definitely makes you see the game a little bit different because you can't get to the steal that you used to get to back when you were fully healthy or you can't get that rebound and I'll jump people to get it like you normally do. So it makes you think a little bit more while you're on the court. The, the mental aspect makes up for the physical aspect. So I, I noticed in that CNU game, you use kind of an old man move. That's right. No one <laughs> to use that body. Backing down your defender in the paint. And I appreciate that as an old man that likes to play basketball. We've all seen that play at the Y and on the courts at the rec center. I love to see it. That was a savvy move by you. Thank you. All right, Jason. So your father, Ronnie, was a star at ODU. Have you and your dad compared notes on what his experiences were like playing here 
versus your time at ODU? And are there any similarities or major differences? Absolutely. You know, when it when it comes to basketball, my dad, he's always kind of tried to leave me alone in that aspect. Like, let me be my own person, my own player, not compare each other and just battle each other. In a sense, it's competitive. It's competition always. And, but it's love at the end of the day. And he's done a great job of keeping the dad aspect and the and the fan aspect and the father aspect in the different categories. But um, it's definitely similarities as well. When he was here, I want to say his junior year, he went through a, ma a major ankle injury and he lost his starting position as I did. And the minutes wasn't, wasn't what he wanted them to be. And so he's kind of been walking me through the process of just, you know, staying hungry and staying, what's the right word, staying focused on, on your goals and not let what's happening now get to me, which he, he doesn't have to do. You know, I understand the game. I understand what goes on, but he does a good job of, of keeping me humble, keeping me grounded and keeping me in a good headspace. And uh, like I said, his junior year, he went through a major ankle, ankle injury and he uh, battled his way back into the starting lineup. And that's my motivation right there, just to come back from injury and to just battle every day and practice to try to earn minutes. All right, Jason. So since you've been back, there's been a lot of changes in the roster and the staff. Right. So if there is one thing OD fans should know about this year's squad, what should it be? I got one word, and that's versatility. I think we're a very versatile team. We haven't really showcased our shooting abilities to this point, but I think we're a good shooting team. We get on the boards very well with Ben and Makai and Dorico and Faison. We, we're good off and on the court together, so we're real cohesive. Just fun. We're a fun team, you know. You can't say that about all the – I can't say that about all the teams that I've been on. And this this year we really have a, a good, light-spirited, fun team. And we have guys who have their priorities straight. That's great to hear. I know Mike and I have been lucky enough to be at three or four practices. And in our last show, when we were talking to Coach Jones, we mentioned that the body language on the practice court, it genuinely looked like you guys are having fun with each other and that you like each other. And you confirming that hearing it not just from the coach and not from you know a couple knuckleheads here that are at practice watching you guys but coming from the players themselves that's great because that's i mean that's the most important thing and if you guys aren't having fun you don't like each other you're probably not gonna play as well up to your potential there absolutely you know i think this year is a group of guys like i can see down the road like 30 years from now we'll all still be in touch and just checking in on each other, coming back to the reunions and just laughing it up with each other. I really think this is the type of team we have this year. That's awesome. But in addition to new players, we got some new coaches on staff as well. Yes, Talk sir. to us a little bit about having Jamal and Jordan in practice. First of all, they're great guys. They, they do their job very, very well and at a high level. It's been weird because they, they haven't been at practice much due to recruitment and other things and traveling. So it, we're, we're still getting in that interface process where we're getting to know each other more and more. But I think as we start traveling on the road and then we're around each other at the team dinners and everything, we'll get to know each other more. But from what I see so far, they're both phenomenal coaches, phenomenal guys, and they really love the game. And they both played at, at high levels. So that adds to it right there. You know, you 
following somebody who's been there, done that, and you can take their advice and know that they have your best, your best interest at heart. And while we've been in practice, Mike and I have seen you guys working with Tim Saha. And I know when we're there, like he's got us fired up. I mean, just the way that he he's bringing it every. So what's it been like to work with him in the off season? It's been great. You know, it's, it's been great. This is his first full year with us and he's been great. Like you said, he brings a level of energy to practice every day that's unmatched. And that rubs off on all 15 of us on the court. And I know it rubs off on the coaching staff as well, because it can be tiring, you know, coming into practice, doing the same day, same thing every day. But he he brings the joy, brings the life out of everybody. And he does his job very well as well. He was a big part of me pushing through this comeback process, you know, working with him and working with our trainer, Jason Mitchell. Just I can't put into words how how much that they've done. Sounds like Aries is trying to talk to you. Yeah, buddy. You got something to say? <laughs> I would have sent some treats if I had known, you know, we could have you know, got some for Hudson and for Aries. Right, right, right. I haven't met Hudson yet, but that's on the bucket list. Oh, we're going to have to, we, I think we can make that happen. Okay. All right, Jason. So last year we had AJ Oliver on the show and we asked him to tell us something people wouldn't expect to hear about one of your teammates. And he told us that Trice was one of the best singers he's ever heard. Right. No, we, I forget whose birthday it was, but he brought in a solo to start the happy birthday singing. And when he sung, we all were just like, whoa, like this dude can really sing. And he doesn't look like the type of guy to, to have that type of voice, but he, he could sing. So is there someone on your team now that has a special talent or something that people wouldn't expect? As of right now, I can't think of anything, but I'm sure as the year goes on, I'm sure something will pop out and it will stand out and be like, whoa, dude, I, I didn't know you could do that. I think right now we're in that mode where we're trying to see who's the best video gamer on the team. But who is that right now? I'm going to always go with myself, but I do have some competition this year. I'm not going to lie. I, I got a little bit of competition. So so what's the preferred game between the teammates right now? It's between Call of Duty and 2K. All right. So you still have a significant portion of your book to write, but in the amount of the book that you've written at ODU so far, what's your me- most memorable moment on the court at ODU so far? On the court, that's tough because I have, it's a lot of memories just to my first college game. That was a, a good memory. We played, I think it was Eastern Maryland Shore. We played them at home my freshman year. That was a good memory. Winning the conference tournament down in Frisco, Texas was a great memory. And then going to the CNU game this year, that exhibition, just being back on the court and getting a standing ovation from the crowd and just hearing their roar when I checked in, that was that was memorable. That was that was something special. So did you hear the roar last night when you got back in the game? Yes, sir. We stood up and roared for you. Again. Yes, sir. I heard it. I heard I, it. I don't think it's gonna end anytime soon, Jason. <laughs> so all right, here's a fun one for you. If you were building a starting five from current, former OD basketball players. You can include yourself. Who are you picking and why? Man, that's a tough one. I'm not really big on the ODU history and their players, but from the ones I know, I think I'm going to do Ahmad Caver at the one. Man, who do I want at the two? I'm going to put myself at the two. I'll put BJ Stiff at the three. 
I put my dad at the four. And then for the five, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, it's a flip of a coin between Mark West, Gerald Lee, and Kenny Gaddison. Hey, I like it. That's a good squad. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we'll win some games with that squad. All right, some more fun ones here. What's your favorite place on ODU campus? Definitely Charterway Arena. All right. Favorite restaurant in Norfolk? If you can't pick one and you need to pick like two or three, that's okay also. Okay. Are y'all familiar with Stripers down in Waterside? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the oysters there. So I'm going to put Stripers in there. And then I'm going to go with regular Chipotle. Solid picks. Favorite thing to do in your free time? Play video games and watch basketball. All right. Bucket list concert you want to go to? Hands down, Travis Scott. Awesome. So we saw you landed an NIL deal with a car dealership in Richmond. So congratulations on that. That's pretty awesome. Can you share with Monarch Nation how that played out? It played out. My family played a big part in it. My mom and my dad really urged me to reach out there and just try to get an NIL deal. I'm working with Patrick Chevy. Jim Michael Patrick, who's a family-owned business, been around for forever, great family to work with. If you need any auto care, hit them up, hit me up. I'll point you in the right direction. But it's a great family to work with. It's been fun working with them, being on the lot, taking pictures, chatting it up with them. I've been, my dad actually works for him. So I've been going to my dad's work and seeing the Patricks since I was like, three or four years old, just running around his dealership, just causing mayhem and chaos. But great family. Yeah, just grateful to land a deal with them and just giving me the opportunity to work with them. And uh, after basketball, where do you see yourself? I actually did a little work over the summer with Corey Alexander, UVA graduate, played in the NBA for a little but working with little kids and working them out in the gym settings. So I want to do a little bit of what he did. I want to own a gym and just work kids out or either become a college coach. That's fantastic. Coaching is a, it's a tough career, but it's got to feel good when you see them succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And seeing Coach Jones and doing what he does and how many kids that he's been able to change their lives, I want to be able to do the same thing. That's fantastic. So we're going to ask you one more question. And then we'll let you go. But thank you for your time. What is your top personal goal for this season and your team goal for the season? What will it take for you and the team to get there? Personally, I just want injury-free season. I think that's the main thing on my agenda right now, just survive every day without getting hurt and get stronger each day. For a team agenda, it would have to be win the conference tournament, you know. I got a lot of lot of faith in this team with Makai long returning and kind of taking over that that leader leader mentality and Ben Stanley transfer. I got big aspirations for him to Chauncey and then the guys coming up from last year, Emo and D'Lo. And I got a lot of faith in the guys. So they ranked us as ninth in the in the standings. I think we'll be higher than that, but my goal is to is to win the conference tournament. Awesome, Jason. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Keep that big smile that we always see. I mean, that's contagious. I think that was hereditary. 
because you <laughs> always see it on your mom. She's always positive, always has a smile. And even on social media, I can feel the smile coming through whenever we've interacted with, with her. So we look forward to seeing you at Chartway, and we look forward to seeing what this season ends up being. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on the show. I've had fun. Absolutely. Thanks again, Go. Jason. We appreciate it. And we're all rooting for your personal goal, too. Thank you. All right. Go Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs.